Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the May 29th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is a Memorial Day Monday edition of the show. It's episode 276. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the podcast. That'll get you those episodes as soon as they are available. Lately, we've been a little here and there, so it's good to know. It's good to just get them. You don't have to wonder. They'll just show up. So give us a, give us a subscribe. That would be awesome. John, hey, man, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty darn good. I, uh, I don't think I could be any more excited about what is going to take place tonight. Yeah. With Game Seven of the Eastern Conference, what championship? Yeah, final. Yeah, final. Uh, that last six games between the two teams. I know that each individual game, mm, for the first, I guess, five of them were pretty lopsided. Yeah. Uh, this last one, uh, Game Six, not lopsided between the Celtics and the Miami Heat. Um, that one was very close and actually came down to a buzzer beater at the very end of the game for the Celtics to hang on, survive, and get into this game seven. So uh, this is it, right? Yeah. I'm expecting two intense teams to come out and play. What do you think? Is that going to happen? Uh we're not gonna get a, we're not gonna get one of those lopsided games, are we? It's one. in Boston. No, I don't think you get lopsided. Uh, I do expect the Celtics to play differently than they played um, last game because this in that game. Well, they, so in game what game five it was lots of threes. A lot of threes, yeah, and then six. Game was, four was that way as well, right? Intense defense. It was intense defense, but they were kind of just figuring out their three game, right? Because the first game that they won. Uh, well, the first ten game they won, it was just a lot of in the in the paint points, and they really couldn't find anything. And then they started hitting threes again, but it's it's kind of inconsistent for their threes versus not. But in the in games that they score more points in the paint than in three, they usually lose lose in the, throughout this playoff. But yes, uh, was it yesterday or was it? I think it was a couple days ago at this point. Uh, they were able to you know reverse that trend. But I expect them to come out of the gate playing with the three ball and try to get that to knock down because during that game the only guys that were able to knock down a three if i remember correctly were marcus smart and Derek white that was it they, no one else was really able to hit anything from deep they were just trying to play the inside game which let the heat hang around i believe if they played with the three ball and they knocked down a greater percentage of that that would not have been close at any point or as close at the end of the game as it was because they, at the end of that game, the Heat were just stuck in the paint, could do nothing, uh, and that and that allowed the Celtics to go on a little bit of a run. But when that when it started to cool off a little bit, and they couldn't knock down the threes, and they were trying, I think they tried a little too late to reinstall the three game, which let the Heat hang around. But like you said, I think that end of that game could not have ended any better uh, if you're a Celtics fan. But even if you're a Heat fan, I still think it was a lot of positives you can draw from from that game. Um, being able to stay close, almost eliminate the team. Um, but I think it's going to really come down to officiating, <laughs> honestly, because how much are these refs going to let them play? Uh, how often are we going to get fouls where the teams are able to flop for the fouls and try to draw the fouls? How ticky-tack is it going to become? Or are they going to let them play 
and not call the fouls uh, as as often and only and, and try to let the game play like a playoff game or it's going to be really strict and everyone is going to be calling like a lot of different fouls to just try to prove a point uh, throughout the game. I think that's going to be the thing that's going to help one team or the other as they play. But like you said, I think it's going to have great defense from the Celtics. I think uh, the, the, the Heat are going to have to figure out who their guy is. Is it Vincent? Is it Caleb Martin? Is it Jimmy Butler? Is it Duncan? Who is it? Who is the guy that's yeah. going to lift them up? Because last game, and throughout this entire series, honestly, it's been one guy or the other for the Heat. First, it was Jimmy Butler, and he brought the physicality, and he was he was there for it. And then all of a sudden, that kind of tapered off a little bit. And then Vincent played as best he could, and then he got injured, and then the Celtics came back. And they really haven't been able to find that who that guy is at this point. Last game, I think it was Vincent. I think he was the guy yet again. So if you're the Celtics, you know, you put all your guys at him because – the Celtics have been able to guard Jimmy Butler well enough in this series that I wouldn't be extremely worried about it. But I think this the series it, it could not have played better. Um, no, I mean it's been yeah. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love the fact that after tonight, it'll only be two days or so before the final, as opposed to having to wait a week, yep. <laughs> depending on if they could have got eliminated earlier. Mm-hmm. But like well, you go said, go Celtics. Let's Derek get them White's through. little <laughs> play. Yeah, um, was insane. Yeah, because he inbounded it. If you for, in case you missed it. The Heat go down the court right up to the Celtics score, and they go, and Jimmy Butler— Tied, right? Is it tied? We're tied up at uh, that point? They were only down, down like, by one or like something. They down like two. Okay. Uh, Who's they? Down by two. Uh, heat. Heat the down heat. by two. The okay. Heat were down by two. Then Jimmy Butler draws a foul on Al Horford, uh, and they call it a, a, a two on the floor when it was clearly a three. <laughs> the Celtics challenge it just to challenge something, I guess. Uh, and then they moved it to a three. Jimmy Butler goes to the line, drills all three of the uh, free throws to get him up by one. The Celtics call a timeout, move it down the baseline, obviously to get closer to the basket. Derek White inbounds it to Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart tries a, I believe it was a three, a deep three, uh, and tries to hit it, rims out. Derek White makes his way from the inbound all the way down across the baseline, grabs the ball, and with like 0.2, 0.3 seconds, puts it up and drills it for like a buzzer beater. Uh, where he had to grab it in his hand and let go immediately and were able to beat him. So that ending, if you missed it, was insane. I'd recommend going back and watching it because mm-hmm. words don't really describe how much fun it was to watch live. Uh, but the expectations for TD Garden, I think the energy from the fans is going to be fantastic. And, I mean, can you really ask for more at this point yep. in this series? Yep. No, I don't think so. Okay, so a lot of movement in terms of uh, head coaches, hirings, and firings. Yep. Anything... Anything worth talking about there? Yeah, so so far, you know, like you said, the Detroit Pistons don't have a coach, which, you know, that. but Milwaukee fired their head coach after they lost. Philadelphia fired their head coach after the, uh, the Celtics beat them. The Phoenix Suns fired their head coach after they lost, and then the Raptors fired their head coach after he lost in the playing tournament. Now, there's been some coaches that have been um, hired after all of that. The 76ers got Nick Nurse, who was the head coach of the the Toronto Raptors so he moves down to uh, to Philadelphia to play or to coach and then the um the Milwaukee Bucks got their head coach which was also an assistant I can't remember his name I'll call my head but he was from the the Raptors as well but I think what's significant about the signing of, of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks head coach is when they were doing their due diligence and they were trying to figure out who their head coach was going to be um they made sure that each candidate had a one-on-one interview with Giannis, um, which 
it's kind of a little bit odd, but also at the same time, you want to make sure your star player. Well, all it, like in there. the NBA, the players kind of run the show, is what I've seen. That's what I was going to say. Gonna, gonna say because we we also know he did an Instagram live where some guy you know said something like "Join the Warriors," and he made some comment about how you know he'd like that or whatever. So I think you know that signing was a signing to tip their hat to Giannis a little bit and say you know we still respect your opinion, we still want to win with you, we still want you. So they, they, you know, had an interview with him. So I think that's kind of a, the beginning of that storyline is this ha- si- signing and hiring of this head, this particular head coach because Giannis, you know, obviously wanted him. So that's going to be something that we'll have to watch out for as things kind of move along here is, you know, are they able to keep him? But I thought it was interesting, you know, when I read that, that they in, invested and tried to keep him, you know, happy and involved which, you know, kind of speaks to the state of the NBA at this point. You know, if you want a head coach, you have him. If you don't want a coach, you don't have to have him if you're the star player and you run the show uh, down there in Milwaukee. But it's been a very interesting time uh, as far as, you know, head coaches getting fired and hired. I'm like, the NBA in particular is becoming very, I mean, even in the NFL, are becoming very, very much get us a championship or you know we'll forget about you and move on to a guy that can and we'll keep doing this until something actually works out even if you've had success in our organization a couple years prior in the case of the milwaukee bucks so it'll be very interesting to see you know how these all these other coaches shake out and play um i know a couple a couple podcasts ago we were talking about how the celtics if they're not able to turn things around what will this organization look like come after the season um but i think you know that conversation needs to start changing to what the heat will look like after the season well, let's talk. Okay, so so the Heat. So this is the this game seven here. Yeah. Um, you think it means more to them than the Celtics, maybe? Or I think at this point it does because right now, as we sit, I think the Celtics are over overwhelmingly overdogs in this situation. I think the Heat. <laughs> they're the you're the you think they're the 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 Heat are the underdogs. I is what so. you're saying? Just because like they the the Celtics coming into the series were you know the guys that everyone expected to knock the socks off the the heat in fact they not expected everybody to knock the socks off the heat and somehow they stuck stood around and kept going however as good as all of that has been it has all been diluted to the point of nothing uh if they're not able to pull out this series and at this point the reputation of this of this team and how much like how much they they wanted how you know physical they are, how much they you know do what, what, doing what they do, uh, and they're not able to stick around. They're not able to finish off a series that should have been easily theirs, uh, should have been easily figured out. Uh, you're up three zero. The Celtics looked like a horrible, horrible team. They did not look like the Celtics we've come accustomed to. And then you let them roar back to a three to three, even the series up three three. I think there's going to be a lot of questions after this season. Even if they, you know, if they win, it'll probably be less questions. But if they lose this, I expect there to be major changes within the Heat organization. I think, you know, the head coach could very well be fired after this, after they, if they lose. I don't think he sticks around. If you look at the, you know, like, like I named off, everyone was fired after their losses. It doesn't matter how far you got into it, you know, or what happened to your team. It does not matter. It matters if you got them a championship. I think the Heat are going to be the same way. I think they want it really bad. I think their ownership wants it really bad. I also think, you know, Vincent, I think, is a key piece. I think you keep him around. I think he could also, though, be moved for some other pieces. I think there's going to be a lot of shakeup as far as the personnel that we see in the Heat's uniform, uh, you know, in the future. I also think there's going to be some talk about around the media. Is Jimmy Butler going to be a Heat? 
uh, after the season. Is he going to want to stick around with this team uh, after they really did crash and burn? Is he going to want to move to a team that he can feels like he can play with and may even, you know, sh- causes some, some wakes around the media by making some comments about, you know, his future and does he continue? So I think there's going to be some questions about, about him, but all the other position players, I think they're all hundred percent expendable. I don't think they, are going to be people that they're going to be forced to keep. I think they're going to be all doors are going to be completely wide open. And I think there's going to be a lot of issues, but I think it starts with the head coach and then moves to the players. If you're the Celtics though, winning this series is going to, you know, result in a pretty big price tag because you're going to have to pay Jalen Brown. I think his contract's coming up here shortly. You're going to pay him. You're going to have to pay Jason Tatum. You're going to have to pay the head coach. You're going to have to figure out if he's the head coach of the future. Uh, So there's going to be, I think better, uh, things for the Celtics if they're able to stick around and, and play this. But I think even if the Celtics lose in the heat advance, I think the the wake of that loss for the Celtics will be significantly less than it will be if the Heat lose. Because the Celtics, you know, they have had their shares of up and down, but they are 5-0 and in elimination games in this playoff. Have not lost in that situation, obviously, because they're still here. Um, and, you know, if they win this, I'll be 6 uh, and they're one of the only team, or yeah, the only team that has the most wins from three and two, coming back from a three and two. Uh, the last time they was against the 76ers in the last series. So I think, you know, overall, if you look at that, I think they'll probably keep their head coach and they'll keep these particular position players. And I think they'll stick around. But for the Heat, I expect some major, major change ups happening uh, after this game. So there's a lot at stake for the Heat here. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler needs to play at a ridiculous level. It needs to play the best he's ever played, and he needs to live up to the expectation that he has put on himself to be that guy in Miami, the guy that's going to help destroy the Celtics. And he's got to do it, not at home, but at TD Garden, with the Celtics getting all the uh-huh. energy from their fans, which uh-huh. if you know anything about sports in general, that is yep. very hard to do. Yep, it is. You're right about that. Okay, let's uh, let's just jump over to the NFL for a minute. I know we've been talking basketball. It's the basketball prime time right now, just getting to the finals. But there is a football league out there called the NFL, the National Football League. And, Indeed. yeah, and there's a guy that uh, is real good or has been historically really good in this, uh, in this football league. His name is Tom Brady. And uh, you might know him as TB12. That's another nickname he goes by. But anyway, this guy uh, apparently is going to be uh, looking to buy a chunk. He did. He got that. Oh, that's already done? Yeah, he got That's it. a done deal? It's closed? I believe so. That's when I saw he, he bought it. So he's, he's, a, he's a part owner. It'd be two. good to confirm whether or not that deal is actually closed, if it's it actually done. Because I did hear that some of the owners were trying to stipulate that if he'd bought part of the team... He would not be able to unretire to come back to play for that team. Um, but we've got a situation in Las Vegas, which is the, the Raiders, the team. It that... says, according to uh, this, he says, uh, Tom Brady finalized a deal for ownership stake in Las Vegas. Okay. Well, did he? F- okay. Does that mean that they agreed to terms? Does that mean that it's closed? That's what I don't get. But regardless... Uh, they have a quarterback that they signed, right, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a major question right now. And major question. whether or not that transaction will close because he apparently failed his physical. Yep, and that he right? has a foot injury. So if he can't, he failed it earlier. So if he fails it again, they can cut him and don't have to pay him. Oh, oh okay. And so that would then open the door for a another quarterback to come in. 
Um, and uh, and and you know, Tom Brady could be that guy, potentially. You said, okay. is there any precedent to your knowledge? Of guys buying a team and going buying a team and then playing for nah, it. I don't think so. That'd be kind of a first, huh? That'd be awesome. But uh, I've never heard of that. Um, you said the other owners around the National Football League are trying to do that. Or? I think I, I. That's what I saw. I just said that the that they were um, looking to create some sort of stipulation um, in order to approve the deal that that had something in there about you know. But you know, maybe I maybe I made that up. Maybe I, I, I haven't heard that personally. Okay, but okay. it's possible. Um, but I think if Jimmy Garoppolo does not, it does not pass his physical, and he is forced to you know not play because you know you don't want a guy that's not that has a major foot injury, and you need to make sure you can you know keep him on the football field. Um, but if that doesn't go through, honestly though, like. Your options are going to become pretty limited pretty quickly because you put all your eggs on the Jimmy Garoppolo basket and you're going to run with him and you thought he was the future of your franchise. You look up and you say to yourself, maybe not so much. Uh, And the quarterbacks that are still out there around the league, the most glaring one right now is Cam Newton. I mean, he's been trying to get back into the league. Uh, Tom Brady is retired, but Tom Brady might also turn down his 10-year multi-million dollar Fox deal uh, to – I guess do business deals now in the in the uh, sports leagues and buy teams, but it is a little bit weird that he's focusing so much in Vegas. Uh, he bought stake in the women basketball team, yeah, and then he went and did it in, with the Raiders before he retired. All the the idea was that he was going to the Raiders. Um, I can't remember who did the interview, but I remember hearing that that everyone thought that was the number one option. For the Raiders was Tom Brady, yeah, and the backup was I think Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo. That did not work out, um, but there's going to be a lot of questions now about you know what this team's going to look like and is Tom Brady going to be that guy? Uh, I wouldn't put it past them to you know bring him out of retirement and play. Uh, he now has vested interest in the franchise if <laughs> that he is playing yeah. in because if he does well, he does well both times um having stake in the franchise i think the most funny thing though about being with the raiders franchise now that i know they're in a different location when it happened was the tuck rule happened against tom brady and the raiders so now he they uh, apparently are moving past that and letting him and letting him buy some of the franchise but i think it's going to be a story we're gonna have to look at and watch but one more thing i forgot to mention yeah. i you probably saw it, but d hop got cut from the uh, cardinals okay and now sitting out there in the open market hmm. uh where is he rumored the bills and chiefs hmm. are the two teams he said he wants to play with a reliable quarterback but the, apparently him and von miller when he got released you know did a little like looking emoji on twitter uh so he might go there uh, he might go to the um, to the Chiefs, and then I'd also throw out the hypothesis that uh, if Tom Brady's rumors continue to spike, you know maybe the Raiders will be added to that mix as he probably would want to play with Tom Brady uh, if that even was even a possibility. So maybe you could add them to the list. But right now it looks like uh, either the Bills or the Chiefs are the front runners to get D Hop. But okay. that's another storyline to watch. Okay, very good. Well, I think that's all we got for today. So off we will go. We will go watch some basketball. I encourage yes. listeners to please tune into that game. Oh yeah. You owe it to yourself, right? Yes, yeah. See who's gonna go out of the Eastern Conference into the Play NBA the finals against yeah, the Denver the Denver Completely Nuggets. Different conversation. Yeah, right. That's gonna be tough for whoever gets through. But until then. Two are number one against number eight.
you know, until then, we've got a good game seven ahead. So, all right, listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. See ya. God bless.